grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Matthew, the third chapter of Jesus' baptism. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so for now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. You know, dear friends of Christ, I want to begin my sermon by asking a few questions. Uh, you know, when you need help, where do you go? Uh, for example, if, if your car breaks down, where do you go for help? You go to a mechanic. Uh, if you have a problem, if you have a cavity, where do you go for help? You go to the dentist, right? If you're, you have leaky pipes, where do you go? Well, you go to a plumber. And if your computer doesn't work, where do you go? Do you try to fix it yourself? Um, do you call up a friend? Or do you go to a professional who knows how to fix it? And then, you know, uh, of course, that's what you do. Now, okay, where do you go for help when your soul is damned? Where do you go for help when you have a problem with sin? Where do you go for help when you have a problem with death? An eternal death, eternal condemnation. You have a condemnation problem. How do you fix that? And how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to deal with that death problem? And, and we all, we're all dying, you know. I mean, we're dying. What are you going to do about that? Well, as Christians, we know the answer. You go to Jesus, because Jesus is the one who fixed all that. He fixed our condemnation problem. He fixed our sin problem. And Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And so Jesus today steps into the River Jordan, in the Jordan River, and he's baptized, because he's going to show that he's the one who was chosen. He's showing by stepping into the water, he's the savior of the whole entire world. Nobody can be saved without Jesus. And so he does that, uh, but as he steps into that water, he's literally stepping into pain and suffering because he would be baptized with death for us. He would face God's eternal punishment and God's wrath over your sin and mine. So he stepped into the sin, the world's sin, and he had to pay the price for it. And of course, then Jesus' baptism plays a whole role in, that, in our salvation, how, how he did that, um, in that promise. And as Jesus was being baptized, to show you how important this, this event was, the Holy Trinity showed up. Now, the Holy Trinity did not show up very often in the Bible. Only on incredible events would the Holy Trinity show up. And there you have Jesus being baptized. And of course, then the Holy Spirit shows up in the form of a dove and then anoints Jesus, lands on Jesus' head. And then you have heaven's opening and the voice of God saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And so we consider all that as we consider our theme Jesus' baptism saves us. 
You know, when you, when you go to a mechanic, you're trying to fix your car. And when you go to a dentist, you're fixing your teeth, or a plumber to fix your, your faucet. Well, Jesus is the one who rescues us from everlasting death and condemnation. And, you know, when you go to people to fix things, it generally costs a lot of money. So if you have to call the plumber or the dentist and have them do some work, you're going you're gonna to have to pay the price. But when you ask God to come fix this problem of sin, death, and condemnation, it doesn't cost a penny. It costs nothing. It's free. And that's incredible. That there's nothing we have to do. And, and so Jesus comes, and of course, Christ, he steps into this water, and, and it changes everything. It's free for us, but it cr- costs Christ everything. When Jesus decided to identify with sinners, it meant he was going to have to die for them. When Jesus stepped into the waters, it meant he was going to have to save them. It meant he was going to have to do what was necessary so that our sins could be driven far from us and our sins could be washed away by his blood. And so he does. It cost him, and it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't cheap. So let's go to the River Jordan this morning as we see Jesus stepping into the waters of baptism. And he had to have some kind of sense of determination as he did it. You know, it's not like when you're being baptized and it's a joyous day. Jesus knew what this meant for him. And he came to those waters of baptism for a purpose. Our text says, It was so Jesus might fulfill all righteousness for us. You see, you're not righteous. Righteous means right or good. You're not good. And neither, no sinners are. In fact, as sinners, the Bible calls us unholy. The Bible calls us unrighteous. And Isaiah says it this way, all of our righteousness is like a polluted garment. We're unholy and we have a sin problem. And you know, people like to ignore all that. They like to pretend like they're not dying. And so they ignore all that. But death is the proof that they have a sin problem. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The soul of sins will surely die. If you're dying, you have a sin problem. You have a death problem. You have a curse problem. You have an eternal curse problem. We're separated from God because of that curse. And the proof that we're dying is the proof that we possess it. And there's only one way we can be made right. And so... Jesus is the one who comes to be our perfection, to clothe us in his righteousness, to become our righteousness, to become our holiness. And so he entered the waters of baptism to make the waters holy. That's why we call it holy baptism. Because the holy God, Jesus, stepped into the waters for us and he made them righteous. He made them holy. And, of course, John the Baptist didn't understand what was going on here. Even John the Baptist struggled to understand all of this. And John couldn't figure out why Jesus needed to be baptized at all. 
You know, John had been preaching to sinners in the wilderness. People come listen to him. Sinners need to repent if you want to be saved. Sinners need to be forgiven if they want to be saved. And so he was preaching repentance and forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus comes, and he's, he doesn't need to repent. There's nothing he needs to repent of, not one thing. He doesn't need to be forgiven. And so, why is he coming to the waters of baptism? Baptism was for sinful people who have a sin problem that needs to be fixed. And John didn't understand. Our text says John tried to prevent Jesus from being baptized, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And of course, that word translated prevent is a very powerful word. Now, John did not want to baptize Jesus. And he was emphatic about it. He was, he was strong about it, trying to dissuade him. No, you're greater than I am. You're God. I don't baptize you. You baptize me. I know who you are. I know what you're going to do. You must baptize me. And John knew. Because God had once told John that this perfect, sinless Son of God John once confessed and said, there is one who comes after me, the one who comes after me, the Messiah, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. John knew Jesus was greater. And Jesus did not need baptism. So Jesus says to John, let it be for now. Let's do this. Because it's proper to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So he stepped into the River Jordan in order that he might identify with sinners, he stepped into the water to make the water holy for us. He stepped into the water so that the water might have a powerful effect on us. And Paul describes it this way. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that we might become, listen to this, so we might become the what? So that we might become the righteousness of God. Well, there you have it. Through baptism now, you become righteous. You are the righteousness of God. You are the holiness of God. And I bet you don't always feel so holy. I bet you don't always feel so righteous. And yet this water has power to make that be. Now I want you to think. What would you do if you had to fix your sin problem? What would you do? If you had to fix your sin problem all by yourself. What would you do if you had to fix your own death? How are you going to fix that? What are you going to do about all that? What are you going to do about your problem of unrighteousness, of unholiness? How are you going to deal with that? 
Well, it's obvious we can't. We can't. Jesus did. That's why he came. Now, I want you to think. I want you to think about all the things in just this past week, just one week. I want you to think about how many times did you fail to pray? How many times did you fail to give God thanks for a meal? How many times did you fail to obey His commandment to put Him first above all things? Just the first, just the first commandment. How many times did you say words that hurt somebody? And then you look at your whole life. How many, how many times have you, have you spoken words to hurt people? How many times have you done things to hurt people and make them cry? How do you fix things like that? How do you fix brokenness like that? Well, again, we can't fix our sin problem, so Jesus comes. He comes to be our Savior, and that's why He stepped into the river Jordan to be baptized, and He said, I'm going to save you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to make the water righteous for you. I'm going to make the water holy for you. And then the Holy Trinity exploded in agreement. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus stepped into the waters to save us, and heaven was opened. Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know how heaven was opened. But it did, and in a miraculous way, heaven opened up. What did it look like? What does heaven opening look like? I don't, all I know is that it opened up. And that's a good thing, because if you ever hope to be in heaven, you need heaven to be opened up for you. You need the one who is being baptized to give the power to baptism so that the promise of baptism can open up heaven for you. And of course, that's what it does. Because Jesus has become our righteousness. And the Holy Spirit approved. And God the Father was there to approve. You know, 650 years before Christ's baptism, Isaiah talked about Jesus. And he prophesied how the Holy Spirit would descend on him. And so, speaking the words of Jesus, Isaiah wrote this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because, Jesus says, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from the darkness for the prisoners of sin, obviously. And John the Baptist knew Jesus was the Messiah. Because he witnessed the Holy Spirit, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descend and land on Jesus. Because God had told him earlier, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize you 
with the Holy Spirit and His righteousness. And John the Baptist then testified, I've seen, I've borne witness to the fact that this is the Son of God. I was there when it happened. Heaven opened up. The Spirit was there, approval. God's voice there, approval. And oh, how the Holy Spirit wants to draw our attention to Jesus. And oh, how the Holy Spirit wants us to confess the way John the Baptist confessed. This is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my God. Jesus is my Savior. We're told in the book of Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know, Peter was giving a sermon talking to the Gentiles, trying to convince the Gentiles that Jesus was the Savior of the world. He wanted to convince them that, and, and this is what he said. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached in the wilderness, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. You know about his baptism. Well, Jesus is saying to you, God is saying to you this morning, I want you to think about Jesus' baptism. Look at Jesus. See your Savior. No one else can save you. No one else can rescue you. No one else can fix your sin problem. No one else can fix your curse and your eternal condemnation. No one else can open heaven for you. And again, I want you to listen to God the Father and His voice. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love, and with Him I'm well pleased. Yes, Jesus is, God is pleased to give you a Savior. God is pleased to open up heaven for you. God is pleased with His Son. But God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. Why? Because the waters of baptism have opened heaven you made you righteous made you holy because of what Jesus has done for you and baptism gives you that certain promise your sins have been cleansed Jesus is your righteousness how do I know it I've been baptized God the Father finds pleasure in you because Jesus has fixed your sin problem. God the Father finds pleasure in you. Because Jesus has fixed your death problem. God the Father finds pleasure in you. Because Jesus has fixed your condemnation problem. And I want you to think about it that way. God finds pleasure in you. He's pleased because of everything He's pleased with you because of everything Jesus has done for you. Where do you go to find perfection? The perfection you need to be accepted into heaven. There's only one place to go. And we go to Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.